Welcome to The Convergence Podcast. The Convergence is a space designed for university and college students, post-secondary students, and young adults to explore and deepen their faith. It's a space to think, question, doubt, and hopefully, ultimately, to worship. So glad you're here. Hey friends, thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. We're excited about sharing with you March's Convergence, a spirituality of work with our amazing panelists. We hope this encourages you as you discern how and where the Spirit leads you to work. Well, welcome. We're so glad that you're here. Um, Again, tonight we're talking about the spirituality of work. Mm. So for those of you who are in the room, you might walk away with a job later. (laughs) I'm kidding. kidding. If the Lord Lord wills (laughs) it. I know. It's like, this is is a job fair. No, it's not. Um, But I think it's a very important conversation Mm. for our time. Um, It's something that we all come together on. And something that we all do. But um, before we get kind of started into the conversation, why don't you introduce yourselves, share your name, um, what you're doing right now, your profession, your background of work, and then just five to six minutes on your perspective on the spirituality of work. What excites you? What intrigues you about it? Mm. How do you see work and spirituality kind of go hand in hand? So we'll start there. Oh, no. uh, <laughs> We're gonna play this Come game. Right? I, gotta, I guess it's not a game anymore. <laughs> um, so I'm Kome. Um, I am a registered nurse. I've worked woo, a lot of <laughs> nurses in the room. Yes. Um, I've worked in a variety of areas. I've been a nurse for six years now, which is kind of wild to think about. Um, I've worked in mental health. I've worked in education, um, and currently I work in geriatrics, um, which is a really large shift for me and I've been sort of redeveloping my understanding of work through that. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was thinking about preparing for this, I thought about the fact that honestly I didn't really have a connection with spirituality and work mm. when I was sort of deciding what to do for work. When you're 18 and it's like, okay, pick a, pick a profession, I'm like, okay, what am I good at? I don't think I really prayed about it per se or like thought about what work would actually look like, I think growing up culturally, people just got jobs based on what they were good at. Mm -hmm. And so there wasn't really a lot of spirituality tied to the act of working. Maybe the decision of what to do for work, um, but not actually the the doing of the work. Um, And I learned, just in reflecting, I was thinking about the fact that when it came to the spirituality of work, I thought more of that as mission work. Like, and I was like, I'm not a missionary, so like, this doesn't really apply to me. Um, but I was fortunate, I think, in my starting of work that I ended up in a place that had a, a deep culture of spirituality. So when I started my work, I started at the University of Calgary. Um, and how I ended up there is honestly God's doing. Because when I left university, when I graduated, um, I didn't have a job. I like had failed my licensing exam for the first time. I feel it another time after that. Mm. Different story. Um, but honestly, the spirituality of, of finding a job was more like, God, I need a job. It wasn't like, how do you want me to work? Mm. Um, and I think it took being in a place that offered a safety of like, okay, I have a job. Now I can breathe to really look at, okay, how do I work? And what does work look like? Um, and I think that being a the UFC offered me a chance to sort of breathe and see that work could be intertwined um, with my faith and I think my understanding of what it meant to, <coughs> to do things as onto God changed as well. Like I think work 
just felt like a place where I went to get paid, if I'm being honest. And I think a lot of people see work like that too. Um, and I'm definitely on the track of like, when do I get to retire? Because <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> and I'm not, I haven't even been, I, like, when do we get to retire, honestly? Um, but recently, I think also my thoughts on that have been changing a lot too, in that while we work for financial gain and financial stability, I think there is a place for sort of resetting my perspective on what it means to work mm. um, and to have meaningful work, mm. knowing that for a long time, even just figuring out what my purpose is, right? Um, when I was younger, I read um, The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. I have like five books, the same book in my house. Mm. How many times I've read it? I can't tell you. But when I got the book, it was kind of with the hope that like God would like magically tell me like what I was made to do. Right, um, but I realized that like I already have purpose. Like I don't have to do five different steps to figure that I have purpose in just God creating me already, and that my purpose is kind of in now, right now, and what I'm doing right now. It doesn't have to be when I get that dream job or when I'm finally making a particular amount of money. Um, I already have purpose. I don't have to keep chasing that because I feel like sometimes we're in a world where the standard of what success is is always changing. Um, and like being online too, you see the different definitions of success and when it comes to work and there's this like hustling mentality. Like if you don't have two or three side jobs or if you're not hustling, then you're not, you're not working. And I'm like, I don't hustle like that. <laughs> like, I can't even lie. Like I really, I enjoy it. It's true. Like I can't, <laughs> you know, um, my definition of work is. Is, is different now. I don't have to feel pressured to like have five jobs and do all of these things because I know that what I'm doing is, is God has put me where I need to be to be doing the work that I need to do. Um, and I know that part of that is, is people. And it isn't the same, like it wouldn't be the same as me working in as, as an engineer, for example, because I thought I could do that at one point. It's not my calling. I can't do it. Um, but I've come to understand that like work in itself is, is me manifesting or, or being confident in the purpose that God has created me for. And it doesn't have to look like anybody else's. I don't have to prove to God anything. Uh, I just sort of have to be present in where he's put me and to do that work diligently. Um, and one of the things that I'm trying to learn in my new role um, is kind of like the mundaneness of our spirituality at work. And that isn't a word that I like a lot because I'm like a little bit all over the place. Like I like <laughs> excitement. Um, and to tell me to do something that's boring, quote unquote, or the same is kind of asking me to do a hard thing. Um, but there is a, a, a deep work of being able to be in a place and to commit to something, even when it's not exciting, but knowing that you're doing deep and good work. Um, and so that's something that I'm trying to sort of figure out in my current work is how I do the mundane work of faith where I'm at, when it's not exciting, when it's not flashy, um, when I don't want to do it. Um, and that can be a bit tough, but I'm thankful that like there are people to do, to figure this out with. Like it isn't, my understanding of work has changed and improved because I have community to do it with. And for people to say, okay, this is interesting work, but how is God working in that through you and in you and for you? Um, and to do that alone would be really difficult. So I'm glad that I don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. So that's just, yeah, I'll stop Thank there. You. Thank you, yeah, there's, there are so many things you touched on, like the purpose, calling, vocation, mm. faithfulness of work, which are all questions we're gonna discuss. Um, 
but thank you for sharing that. So we'll move on to... Beauty Matthew. before age, my friend. You, you're up. <laughs> 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 um, Whizzing your, uh, yes. yeah. Keep using your teacher voices here too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you guys hear okay? Yeah. Is it? Are we? Yeah. Can you hear okay. Okay. Well, good evening, everyone. My name is Michael Manzano. I'm a manager of career services at Bow Valley College. So I'm the guy that students come to if they need help with finding a job, if they need help with like resumes, interviews. But I don't work with just students. I also work with the whole community. Pretty much anybody who needs help finding a job. So I work with like newcomers to Canada, I work with youth, I work with people in career transitions, pretty much anyone who needs work. And I've been doing that for so the past. So you're looking for work. I'm the guy. I'm, I'm the telling guy. you, you're going to get a job yeah. after. Career fairs, I'm that guy that, that puts those together. Um, yeah, and I've been doing that for the past five years. And spirituality of work to me has been uh, quite the journey. I was that guy. Growing up when I graduated, it's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I got an arts degree. I don't know what, what, what I can do with that. <laughs> so, like, I was bouncing around to all of these different jobs and still just trying to find my purpose, kind of like what Komi was saying, and you know, not really knowing where I was being called to. And, you know, every night I would be praying. I'm like, God, tell me what my purpose is. Lord, what am I supposed to be doing? What am I supposed to be doing? I'm supposed to be making like millions of dollars. Is that, ain't I? And that never came true, but you know, God knows better. God knows better. But you know, I had lots of different jobs. I was uh, at a call center for a while. I was, uh, I had my own business. I was doing business consulting. I went back to school, I got my masters. And then uh, in my class, there were two main streams that you can go down that most people were focusing on. They were either gonna go down the management route in engineering, mm -hmm. or else they were gonna go into management consulting. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know what? I'm not a numbers guy. I'm not an engineer. I'm gonna go down this management consulting route. But then one day, there was a guest speaker that came in. He goes, he was from Deloitte. Mm -hmm. He was telling us, Oh, it's so awesome being in management consulting. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's a good idea. You know, you make lots of money. Okay, that sounds good. That sounds like my calling, right, God? Yeah. He's like, but you know, you've got to kind of work some weekends. I'm like, oh. Like, at that time, my son was just born. And, you know, the joys of having a kid, or they changed me. Right? Mm. And realizing that I'm not that guy that could work all the time just so that I could make more and more money. Mm. But there were things in life that I wanted to prioritize and that became my family. Mm. So I, I was actually a stay at home dad for a couple of years uh, while my son was growing and, and then I had my, we had our daughter as well. So I got to stay home. One of the best jobs I ever had, but also one of the most frustrating jobs <laughs> I ever had and still going on. Um, but what I've learned and then actually five years ago, I got this job, not as a manager, but I started off as a career coach. And when I started, I'm actually a shy person. So I'm the guy at the back of the class that's like, oh, don't, don't, don't call on me. Don't call on me, right? Actually, being up here is, is, is uh, quite a lot. Five years ago, I probably wouldn't have been up here, unless Rob was here. But yeah. <laughs> call me too. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, but for me, what I learned, especially over the five years, I can tell you right now that the past five years and where I am right now is where God has called me. Mm. You ask, you know, 20 year old me, if, you know, could you see yourself in 20 years being a, a career coach? I'd be like, what's a career coach? Mm. That sounds stupid. <laughs> But I got to tell you that God has uh, the best plan for you, mm -hmm. right? He has everything laid out, and he knows what's best for you, and you're in the right place because mm -hmm. I know that because when I do my work, it feels right. Mm -hmm. You know, it feels like God is smiling on me mm -hmm. when, when I do my job, mm -hmm. and that's how you know that you're in the right place and God has blessed you. So I've learned three main things with work. First one is it's missionary, it's mission, yeah. right? The place that you're in. I was thinking before, you know, I want to be a missionary. I could go out and, uh, you know, to places like Hawaii and you know, <laughs> dangerous places like L.A. or something. <laughs> Learn how to surf <laughs> with those. <laughs> Preach to surfers. Or something. <laughs> but uh, you know, God has different plans. And, but wherever He puts you. That's where your mission field is, mm -hmm. right? All the people that you work with, mm -hmm. all the clients that I meet, that's your mission field. Mm -hmm. And then also faith. Like I said, I'm a shy person, but getting past those boundaries and just going mm -hmm. a step further and trusting in God, mm -hmm. then it's really opened things up for me. Right? Like, like I said, I wasn't this guy before. But trying new things, you know, stepping out in faith and then, you know, just believing that God will, has the best plan and that mm. he's going to take you through. And then, of course, third is lots of prayer. Because mm. there's sometimes you're like, oh, this person, oh, they're getting to me. Or it's like, God, I have no idea what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Right. So having that, that thoughtful and that strong and consistent prayer life has really helped me in, in work and brought me to where I am today. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Very good, my friend. Very good. There <laughs> yes. we go. You, you both did tremendous. Yeah. So I'm going to take a little bit of purpose from your, uh, from your speech, and I love that. I also love, uh, I love the music. I mean, come on, gratitude? That's my favorite song. Absolutely. When you played that, I thought, oh, thank you, Lord. I mean, you know, I, I just, maybe I just came from gratitude. So, so good. So good. And you're a really accomplished musician. I love it. I love it. Love it. Uh, I, I, um, I'm the old dude here on the, on the platform. I'm on the Freedom 93 plan, so I've got a few years to go. Um, so I, uh, I'll just I'll step back a little bit. Um, I, um, I I've had a successful life. Uh, I um, I I got saved when I was 27 years old uh, in our house, uh, reading the Bible, and I didn't even know that uh, that uh, it even existed. My wife and I both got saved at exactly the same time in different rooms, and uh, the next day we got up and. We've started phoning our friends and explaining to them that this peace of God that passes all understanding, actually we, we were hit with it. And it was unbelievable, unbelievable experience. Uh, so we, we 
put a newspaper, we put an article in the newspaper inviting people to come to our house to talk about the Bible. We didn't even know the word fellowship. Because <laughs> I didn't know a Christian. I did not know a Christian. My wife didn't either. And uh, so uh, every, every Thursday night, we'd have 60 to 100 people come to our house. And uh, guys would drive up in, in, in uh, 48-foot trucks, and they'd get out of their trucks and come out. And my wife would say, you want to get saved? You want to know Jesus? And uh, they would. And bikers would. I'd come home from work, and a biker would be planted on the front yard. I'd, Where are you coming? Well, I heard, I heard in the newspaper that you, you can help us know the Lord. And that went on for a year and a half, and uh, so it absolutely changed our lives. Um, and I worked for a very large corporation. I, I knew how to uh, I knew how to make money. Um, but I, our lives were terrific. Um, we had three kids at the time, and uh, um, and so on. We just carried on. It was a new journey in life. It, it was absolutely amazing. So. Um, Cut the story short, I, I, uh, I worked for a company called Deloitte, and um, we uh, did work out in turnarounds. We bought com- I bought a company that made all the rotisserie chickens in uh, across Canada, all the grocery stores and restaurants. So if you ate a rotisserie chicken, thank you very much. <laughs> and I, I, I ran that for 10 years, and uh, then I got a call from my wife, and she said, my 18-year-old son has been... Uh, uh, he'd been injured in a workplace so uh, it caught us off guard and we went uh, through a a very traumatic time in our lives we lost our 18 year old son and um, so uh, so I I knew the Lord was was changing was a new giving us a new path And, and so I sold my business and and I decided to see if I could help young people in high schools and colleges and universities bridge that gap between coming out of university or coming out of college or, uni- or high school and not knowing where to go next. Mm. Where were the good companies, the companies that would treat them with respect and treat them with honor and train them and give them a great career? Where were those companies? Mm. So I had come from the, co- from the corporate side. I gathered the companies together and I took 40 or 50 companies with me every time I went out to speak to a university or college. We could not keep up with it. We had to go to a broadcast, and we today even speak to 100,000 students every single year. Mm-hmm. And we talked to them about their career path. Uh, how has the Lord opened up? I, I, I was never a speaker. Honestly, I, w- I got so nervous when I ever was ever asked to, to talk in front of anybody I remember one time I looked down and my knees were shaking so bad. I thought there was a wind or something coming by and I couldn't breathe. You know that feeling. But somehow the Lord came down and settled on and, and, and gave us purpose. Exactly what you said. Gave us a vision. Gave us a vision that was different than what we had before. He had set us on a new path. And the Lord has a plan for each and every one of us. Mm-hmm. He even declares that himself. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I continued dealing with premiers, uh, the prime minister, the CEOs, uh, all of these, these people. And, and uh, I, I continued talking to uh, um, universities and colleges right across Canada and, and North America. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing that. I thought I was going to do it for about two weeks. 
I have been doing it for 23 years, and I'm still, I mean, two weeks ago, we talked to 1,200 uh, engineers at uh, University of Calgary and at SAIT, too, as well. Mm. And next week and the week after and the week after are all, all filled. What do we talk about? We talk about, we talk about spirituality. Mm. We talk about that. And it comes in the form of communication. So I want students to find great organizations that have great communication that will not just send them emails or texts, but will eyeball to eyeball them, give them wonderful training and make sure that they're comfortable. Mm -hmm. I also want them to work for companies that give them life coaches, not just workplace coaches, but life coaches so they can talk about some of the issues in their life. And I, and I, I want students to work in environments where it's not stressful. I, I, I know we all work in environments that are stressful, but some companies actually work around, they work together with their, um, with their, their, their employees. Companies, there's a difference between having a really good team and a really good corporation. Some companies are really good corporations, they know how to make money, but they don't have very good teams. Mm. I'm not talking about the Calgary Flames. <laughs> I'm talking about, and I'm not talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs, who are incidentally playing tonight. But uh, I, I'm, I'm, I want to, I want students to find organizations that will treat them with respect, give them great communication, give them great coaching, lower their stress levels, and create a, an atmosphere of family. Mm-hmm. That is the one thing that we have found, and we've circle across Canada and the United States. One thing I ask students is, what is the really the most important thing to you beyond money? And the first thing that comes up and always is number one is family. Mm-hmm. If I can get into a company that treats me with respect, that cares for me, mm-hmm. that has my back, that, uh, that I can really feel comfortable in, then that's the kind of company I want to work for. That's the kind of organization I want to work for. And that's where the Lord plays such a big part. I am so excited about about some of the opportunities that some of the students now have, um, and and I I'm excited about life. I, I absolutely love. I just love uh, life. I just do. And, and the Lord has placed that in me. Mm-hmm. I want to help people. I want to encourage people. In my spare time, I I, uh, <laughs> I feed Cheerios and I feed Fruit Loops uh, to homeless people. Marshmallows. And marshmallows, yes, indeed. Yeah, and I get as much joy out of that as I do to talking to a CEO or whatever. It, it, there is something that the Lord places in you that gives you such life, and and I um, I'm excited. I'm excited for it. So I'll finish. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Wow. Thank you. So, Michael, you kind of touched on this idea of calling and Mm -hmm. work, and it kind of connects to what Rob was saying earlier about the delight and the excitement Mm -hmm. that comes with work. And there are many different facets of work that we're going to talk about tonight, but there's, I think, I forget who says this quote um, that talks about calling and vocation. It says that where the world's greatest need and your greatest delight meet, that's Mm -hmm. where you're supposed to be, or that's the kind Mm -hmm. of work you're supposed to do. And so I was just kind of wondering if you could say more about this idea of work and delight, delighting in your work, because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times culturally, work is seen as a toil, Mm -hmm. it's seen as a burden, it's seen as something that 
you do to survive and you mm-hmm. know I think that's that's part of it sometimes you have mm-hmm. no choice but mm-hmm. to go to work and do something you don't love mm-hmm. but was wondering you know is there do we look can we look at work differently as followers of Jesus and how yeah can you speak to that idea of work and delight versus work and toil and like mm-hmm. this burdensome activity that we have to do yeah or all, all of you yeah so just <laughs> but well for me it's it's serving people Right? Mm-hmm. You always think that maybe this is the only chance that they're going to get to meet a Christian, kind of like maybe what Rob might have gone through, almost. Mm-hmm. Right? And knowing that God is with you and knowing that you've got to be like Jesus to everyone, mm-hmm. you know, you're held to a higher standard. You've got to show that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, that gentleness, and self-control. And you never know what other people are going through. Mm-hmm. And it's up to me, at least in my job, to really be that person that will love them. Mm. You know, maybe they're in that place. Usually I'll see people when they're like kind of on the down and then maybe just trying to pick themselves back up. Mm. And it's when they're at this point that I really try to show them as much love as possible. Mm. And when I'm able to do my job well, then that's when they're able to start going back up. And that's really where, if I'm able to meet them there, and I'm able to maybe change their lives in that way that Jesus is calling us to be. Like, I've prayed with a couple of clients, I've prayed with a couple of my coworkers, right? Because there's just those opportunities. They've been just so down low that, that they have nothing left. So for me, understanding and being aware of when I'd, I'd be able to really show my faith and show my love for other people and help them in their situation, then that's where when I find lots of, of joy in knowing that that's my calling. If I could use one word, and that is relationship. To me, that is the most important thing for me. If, if I am put into a, a different circumstance, if I started a new job tomorrow, I would want to get to know people mm. and and they would get to know me. And I think uh, re- building relationships particularly in in today's society is really uh it's, it's a skill. Mm-hmm. It's a skill that we we all have to kind of work at because uh, uh we we do a lot of uh work on social media um all of us do both old and new old mm-hmm. and and young. But do we have the relationship with people? Mm. And, and for me, uh, uh, if I can build relationships in, in work, uh, then I can bring the Lord into, uh, uh, easily into uh, the conversation because people are always saying, come on, Ellis, you're old, you're old. <laughs> but you're always smiling. And, and you know, why, why is that? Because I, I have a relationship with a Lord that loves me. Mm. And he's got a plan for my life. And, and I, I, uh, I just love it. I love it. So uh, mm. it kind of rubs off a little bit on, on mm. people. And that relationship thing uh, is really important for me. Mm-hmm. Rob, can I ask you a question? So how could somebody build relationships? Let's say like lots of these uh, are students here. They don't got that much time sometimes, and it's always about tests, especially during test time or something. Mm. Or, you know, maybe it's tough for somebody to get out and meet people. How do you build those relationships? 
Well, I, I think it's just, uh, and, and uh, really, Logan uh, is really our expert at that. Uh, he, he's, a, he's a relationship builder. He is a very good, and he's very skilled at that, but he's worked at it. Mm -hmm. And, and um, uh, he, I, I, he comes into our warming center all the time, and I don't have to say anything. Lo Logan just gathers people. He, 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 um, he's interested. He's mm -hmm. interested in people. He finds out where, where, I mean, he finds out where people are born. And then, you know, what are you doing today? Where, what was your sleep like last night? What was your, and he, he brings some respect. And all of a sudden there is a respect between the two people. And that is a terrific skill. Mm -hmm. And I find great leaders led by the Lord really, uh, really love to build that skill. Mm -hmm. And that's something you're really good at, Logan, really good. I mean, I... I, um, you have you impact people, mm. impact people's life because of that relationship that you build. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. So, and kind of what I hear you both saying is, work is a, a means to a higher calling or a higher purpose, mm. and that's where that relationship comes in. Mm. And um, I was even thinking about, you know, like a lot of people have jobs, like part-time jobs, mm -hmm. but you know, is work just having a job or is work deeper than that? When I think mm -hmm. of work, I think of anything you do with your time and mm -hmm. energy, mm -hmm. like everything you put your hands to. Mm -hmm. um, so even being in school is, is work. work. It's, unpa it's, it's work. unpaid it's work. work. It's unpaid work, but it's work. You actually have to pay for it. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're paid for the work, but. Oh yeah. But it's still work. And so I think that idea of how, how do I find purpose and meaning in the work that I'm doing day to day, especially yeah. when it feels mundane yeah. or when it's not my dream job, or I think a lot of times we treat work again as a means to an end. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's always bad, but how, what, what's our perspective mm -hmm. as, as followers of Jesus of work? Should it be like, what's, should it be different than kind of the cultural idea of work? I what's different so. about that? Like, I, like, and if we look at Genesis, like Adam had work before anything happened. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes we, we see work as a result of the fall when we think of what God said mm -hmm. to him, but he already had work. Mm -hmm. Work just looked different. Um, and wow. I think our ability to reflect on that and really lead into God, okay, like, what does work look like for me and how should I be approaching work? Because mm -hmm. I think if when I think about school, for example, it was a lot of work. You're working. If you're thinking you're working, sorry, you are working right <laughs> Full -time. now. Full time. Full time. And yeah. probably working at a part-time job or whatever mm -hmm. um, on the side and maybe taking care of other people and supporting your parents. Like, all of those skills, all of those tasks that you put your hands to is work. And I think sometimes our understanding of the value that comes out of work dictates what we define as work. Mm -hmm. So if I can, if I do this thing for 10 hours and I get paid this amount, that is the value of my work. Mm -hmm. But some, sometimes the value is intangible in that way. Like we can't monetize it. Like if I have to mm -hmm. spend two hours with my friend who's grieving right now, there is value in that work, mm -hmm. but it's not going to be monetized. Mm -hmm. um, and that value may not show up today. It may show up in, in two weeks when they finally feel like they have the capacity to share what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, and so our definition of what valuable work is, I think, has to change. Mm -hmm. um, and the understanding that, like, sometimes we have to suffer through work. Mm -hmm. um, I'm personally, like, it's a, I haven't figured that out part <laughs> myself. But um, I'm reminded of the, of the verse that talks about how suffering produces endurance endurance character and character hope mm -hmm. um, and I think sometimes when work is hard 
we have to find scriptures to anchor ourselves in um, because I think it can be hard to figure out what the long-term value of this is. Like if I'm doing this thing, now maybe you're working a job that you don't like, maybe your boss is not nice to you, but you know you need to be there because that's how you're paying for school this semester. Mm-hmm. Going is going to be hard every day. You're going to be there and like, God, why am I here? Like, why can't I win the lottery? Like, why am I here? You know what I mean? Like, you're going to be asking God all those questions. And I think sometimes it isn't enough to just be like, okay, this is good work. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, good God, how do I get through each and every day? What is your work for me today? I can't focus on how to do this long term, but it'll be today. Just, what do I need today? Mm-hmm. My daily bread today in this work. Mm-hmm. Um, I think looking at it like that and being able to reassess why we work. Mm-hmm. Um, and what the value of our work is. Mm-hmm. So. That's really good. And I, I love that you brought, up, brought in Genesis, because when I was, you know, I've been kind of thinking about this idea of work, and I think we hear the phrase, you're a human being, not a human doing. Mm. And I think when we look, and even in Genesis mm. 1 and 2, um, God, the story begins with God working. Mm. He is, he creates the world, which is all work. And mm. then um, he creates Adam, who then, you know, is given the task of working and so kind of our identity who we are and what we do are deeply connected mm-hmm. and even it's interesting because work was initially some like it's something that adam was created to do is something mm-hmm. that we're all created for like we're created to work mm-hmm. and that's actually a good thing and then when it becomes toil is after adam and eve sin mm-hmm. and then you know there's the curse that says that with by the brow sweat the of sweat your brow. of the, your brow mm-hmm. you will earn your living and earn your wages and so i think again maybe there's sometimes fear when it comes to this idea of work mm-hmm. um so you know how do you not become defined by your work how do you not go into the other extreme where yes we're created to work and work is good but then we can come on this side and you know we have a lot of burnout rates right now where we're overworking and Mm. we don't know how to stop and we don't know yeah can you speak to that idea like how do you not become defined by your work even though that's so deeply attached to your purpose of like how how we're wired to be Mm. yeah Yeah. go ahead michael that's that's a hard (laughs) i know that's tough for me um i i don't define myself by my work because i try not to define others by their work so when I ask people, I, lots of people, when you first meet them, they say, hi, hello, what's your name? Those kinds of things. What do you do? Then what do you do, right? Yeah. But I learned that you shouldn't be asking that question. Mm-hmm. So I've moved on to, well, what keeps you busy? And I asked a couple of you mm-hmm. that so question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then it's not, you're not defining them by their job because... Mm-hmm. Sometimes you think, oh, well, I'm a construction worker. Immediately you start thinking, this is what a construction worker is like. Mm. This is who they are. Mm. But let's define people by what God made them, Mm. what they like, who they Mm. are, their personality. And once you start doing that, at least when I do that, then, you know, it goes beyond work. Mm. It's not about work anymore. It's about the person. Mm. And when you're starting to talk person to person, and it becomes more natural, and you're able to build those relationships yeah. that Rob talks about. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm mixed opinion on, on all of that. I don't think there's one answer or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think you can be very proud and proud of working uh, for UOC or mm-hmm. proud of uh, working for whatever organization you work for. Um, does it define you? 
but you can let it define you, I guess, if you want. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm I'm very proud to be a uh, um, uh, working with the homeless people. Does that define me? No, it does not. No, of course not. I, I've got some incredibly good friends from who I've never met before, and I'm I'm so proud of them. I, I love them, every one of them, every one of them that come through the door, every single one of them. And I'm proud of the volunteers. I love them too. And and I think that Jesus sees us above above the organ. Yeah, you can be proud of the organization, but I. I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if there's a right answer no, or not. I, I, I just don't. I think yeah. maybe 50 years ago, if you worked for Exxon Mobil, you had the tattoo mm-hmm. on your shoulder. I, <laughs> I get that. I get that. Mm-hmm. And maybe not so much today. Uh, um, when I talked to Exxon Mobil a couple months ago, and they, I had one young engineer and said, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want a workplace coach. I want a life coach. Mm-hmm. Boom! I thought, wow, that is great because now I can introduce spirituality into the workplace mm. in a normal fashion. Mm. So uh, it's just an easy, uh, an easy way to say it. Uh, how much do you? How much time do you spend in prayer, or meditation? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? Do you have a relationship with God? Mm. It's going to really help you out a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think that's our new, our gen, next generation of, of young students coming out of universities, they're seeking that and they're wanting that and they're gonna push our organizations to new levels. I am so excited for that because I think that's gonna impact their lives. Mm-hmm. And the stress levels are now gonna be dropping. It's not just Bell, let's talk. It's, it's, it's let's, let's, talk, let's deal with stress issues in a ways that are more practical, like mm-hmm. prayer, like listening to gratitude, my friend. <laughs> oh my goodness, I, I, thank you, Jesus. And, and music and all this mm-hmm. stuff. It's Michael, he and I call each other once a month and, and help boost each other up. Mm-hmm. It's that, it's, it's, that's, that's how we're gonna lower the stress levels. Mm-hmm. I, I'm excited for it because you're gonna push us and push us as hard as you want, because it's, it's going to be great. It's going to be much better. I think, I think the workplace is changing. Mm-hmm. I think the future of work has already changed. Mm-hmm. I think coming out of COVID, people's definition of tying their worth to their work mm-hmm. has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, people's desire to be in the office 40 plus hours a week has changed mm-hmm. um, you know I think that people have decided or what I'm seeing anyway is that the value or the quality of their life has more impact on their identity than their work mm-hmm. they're also knowing that the kind of work they do doesn't have to be the same for 40 years so I think it's a bit of a scary idea mm-hmm. um, that you know I know my parents had the same profession have had the same profession mm-hmm. all of their lives Um, And now I have friends who have moved two to three professions in the last 10 years. And so I think this title, defining who you are as a person, I think that that culture has has gone Mm. now. I think people no longer define themselves by the title of their work, by the quality of life it provides. Mm. So if I'm looking for a job, I'm not looking for a particular title, but I'm looking at um, how, how 
how long am I at work? Um, how long does it take me to get to work? Am I working from home? Can I work anywhere? Um, can I make dinner and still do my work? Do I have to start at eight? Can I start at 10? Can I finish at six? <laughs> Just say, flexibility is important to people these days. Um, but I think those pieces, because I've had, I've had friends who we, we've talked recently and when they talk about their work, they don't tell me their title, but they share that they can take vacation three times a year. And to me, I'm like, I like that. Check, check. Okay, we can do that. Um, so I think it's more of those kinds of things that are now indicators. Like, for example, as a nurse, I've never had a job that the title was nurse. And I think when I graduated, I was like, okay, applying for jobs, I'm looking for nursing jobs. But none of my jobs had the title nurse in it. And so I think when we can divest these titles from the actual work that we want to do, I think that people might find that they're finding jobs that are actually more fulfilling. Because the job that you're looking for, or the work you're looking for, may not have the title that you are using to search for it. Mm -hmm. um, which I think can be a bit of a difficult thing to, I guess, with career coaching, like career counseling, can be a bit difficult to sort of, you know, I want to do this, but the title doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. And I think we're seeing more of that in the future of work, is that sometimes you have to create and define, maybe title that work mm -hmm. for yourself, mm -hmm. in a way. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. Totally. And as... Again, we're going to move into a time in a few minutes of Q&A. So, you know, as we're sh talking about these things, if there are any questions that come to mind that you have about work, that you have about just how this spirituality, how does calling, vocation, mission, because mm. these are all things that we've touched on, fit in with work. Um, yeah, feel free to, like, bring them up. But um, is in your work, is it important to have boundaries? How do you leave work at work? What are some of their like rhythms and habits of work that you've developed as a follower of Jesus too? Because I, mm. I think yeah, that's that's important as well. I'll be praying in the car <laughs> on my way home. <laughs> so Jesus, <laughs> it's been a long day. Hi. <laughs> you know? No, truly, like I think sometimes I think it's very like um, prescriptive. But sometimes I think our, our definitions of what those rhythms are for work mm -hmm. um, can be what you need them to be. So there are times I just like, get in the car and I'm just like, God, like this day was trash. What are we going to do about it? Because <laughs> <laughs> I can't come back here tomorrow like this. Like I can't, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and I feel like sometimes those are the, the prayers that he enjoys the most mm -hmm. because we're being honest and it's not just me thinking I have to say things in a certain way. Um, and I think boundaries for work, if I can be practical, um, we probably need to get better at saying no. I can't do that. That is not my job. Um, or that is not in my job description. And if you would like me to do that, we need to talk about that. Um, I think our ability to ask for more or to be treated fairly, I think we need to have more confidence in the workplace and it's not just I know we have this idea that Christians are nice but we can also stand up for ourselves as well mm. right so if you are in a situation where you are being taken advantage of or not being treated well I think it's important for us not to apply just spiritual wisdom but like mm. practical things like have you talked to HR mm. have you talked to your manager like are there people that you should be talking to about these things like I think we should pray and Holy Spirit should lead us and we should be discerning but we also need to take action. Mm. 
so that we can have a workplace that is is safe and is causes us to flourish because mm-hmm. if we're not doing well the people that we're working with are not going to do well mm-hmm. um and so and i don't think god would ever want you to be in a situation where you're like just sad for nothing like mm-hmm. he works all things to our good yes. for sure but like let's be proactive mm-hmm. <laughs> with our so that's a little bit more practical than spiritual but mm-hmm. no that's just more of like yeah Well said. Okay. <laughs> well said. Very good. Any thoughts over here about kind of, you know, is it important to have boundaries with work and, mm-hmm. and you know, develop habits of work and rhythms of work? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's really important. So when I first became a career coach, the, the other guy that I was working with my first day, he gave me this advice and he said, um, make sure you keep your work at work. Mm-hmm and don't bring any work home. Mm-hmm. Because in what I do, lots of it could be really emotional. Right? Mm-hmm. When I was working at that first job, I was a career coach for people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. So you know, you're working with people who have depression, some have suicidal thoughts, you know, there's people with uh, anxiety. It's easy to just kind of bring that all home with you. Mm-hmm. But you have to be really deliberate. And then what do you do when you think about people like that? Well, you you pray for them. Mm-hmm. That's the best thing that you could mm-hmm. do for someone is to pray for them. So for me, when I, when I start thinking of people outside of work and I start thinking of things outside of work, mm-hmm. then I just feel like, God, like, like Comey said, what are we going to do about this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think like God puts people and situations into your mind outside of work because mm-hmm. maybe he wants you to pray for it. Sometimes it is just stress. Sometimes it's things like, oh my goodness, this was just a crazy day. and you know, There's just so much running through your mind. But then I also think that those are the times God's calling you back to say, you know what, give it all to me because mm-hmm. I'm the one that can handle it. Mm-hmm. Right? So don't worry about it. Today's got enough worries on its own. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's how I, I like to split it up. But also in the morning, you know, I work from 8 to 4.30. Mm-hmm. So... I make it, a, I'm deliberate about starting at eight. But before that, I get to the office early. Mm. I walk around and I do a prayer walk mm. around my office. And, mm. and then I say, I'm not starting until you say go, Lord. Mm. And that's at eight o'clock and that's coming up. I'm checking out at 4.30. <laughs> So really being deliberate mm-hmm. about those things because you know that God has blessed you with that time to work. Mm-hmm. And then after work is meant for everything else. That's mm-hmm. your family, that's time to relax, that's time to recharge. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, kind of in that conversation about identity and work, having you know, a set time to work mm-hmm. um, kind of goes, goes in, in hand with that understanding that, yes, you're created to work, but then there's also, there's a time and a place for work too. Mm-hmm. And it seems that even in Genesis and throughout scripture, you see this pattern of you work, you delight, and you rest. Mm-hmm. You work and you delight and you rest. And so I think where we see people's identities tied up in what they do, if they stop working, mm-hmm. then, you know, they don't have that boundaries because they don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. Who am I if I'm not X, Y, Z? And so could you also maybe share a little bit more about maybe having patterns of rest Mm. that goes within your work and I mean you kind of started sharing sharing that but you know what role does Sabbath play in your work Mm. and resting from your work and taking a break from work that's not just a vacation you know Mm. kind of escaping 
the toil of your work, which you know you end up coming back more exhausted oftentimes. But how do you establish their pa- those patterns of work, delight, and rest? Mm. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. I start um, I start each week uh, with a Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Sabbath is my time when I rest and. Uh, um, I do not work. I have not worked uh, on this on the Sabbath uh, ever, and uh, since I've been saved, so I, I just keep that model in play. And uh, um, and each and every day, I make sure that I have, I spend a little bit of time uh, talking to uh, my kids and, or my grandkids. Uh, um, you know, I think it's important important that uh, we we. Uh, you know, we stay in touch. We, we the relation, I guess it comes back to the relationship thing. I have to keep building relationships. Uh, they just don't happen overnight. Mm. So I have to keep at it. And I think it's really important for me as well, too. We have a relationship. We call each other. I'm serious. We call each other uh, uh, once a month kind of thing. And mm. uh, um, we pray for each other. Mm. And... Um, we get together, uh, you know, and, and if there's major issues in the workplace, we talk about that kind of mm. stuff back and forth. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a really big proponent of uh, vision. Mm. I think a lot of people have a vision of losing weight in January. <laughs> <laughs> and beyond that, they got nothing else. <laughs> they got nothing else. And so I, I, uh, Michael and I actually ran a clinic uh, to, for people who were out of work and we just thought, well, let's just see what we can do here. Mm-hmm. And we started off with, don't go out and try and find the job your mom and dad want, always wanted you to find. Mm-hmm. I want you to write down a detailed, your vision of what you want. I mean, make it as detailed as you ever want it. If you want to make 150000 write 150000 per month. Yes. <laughs> Not per year, per That's month. That's it. Yeah. I like that. Okay, uh, all right. Way. Now I got your attention. But, but I want you to write down the vision of everything that you want. And it is very critical. For me, this is the critical point. If we don't have a vision and a plan set out, then we, you know, we're just like, it's like losing weight. You know, we get up, give up at the end of January and say, oh, forget that. Pass the pie. <laughs> and it's true but the vision for me every day I go back to the vision mm-hmm. I circle that vision and then I, I get the greatest time when I can say boom I, that part of the vision is accomplished, accomplished. thank you so much Lord mm-hmm. let's move on to another part where I really want to do something great for you I'm excited about it today so mm-hmm. I spend time in the word every single day mm-hmm. and I spend time in the vision the vision that the Lord the plan the Lord declares that he has for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I, uh, I, uh, I guess I'm excited about life. I don't know. I love it. <laughs> we love I love, it. love the Lord. Love it. <laughs> it's encouraging to hear people be excited about their work. Mm-hmm. I think that's also kind of rare in our time and culture. Mm-hmm. But any, any more thoughts before we kind of see if people have questions and they want to? I think with rest, I just want to remind folks that like God rested. Mm-hmm. So who you mm-hmm. not to rest? I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Like we sometimes elevate ourselves higher than God in that way, mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. if He needed rest, then you need rest. Um, and the practicalities of that, I think, are like scheduling that and like I think practicing that now, 
because I think as you get into the workforce, nobody will make space for that for yeah, you. That's very true. You need to learn how to turn off. I think one of the biggest things that I saw um, in my prior work was the inability to turn off. Mm-hmm. The, this feeling or this anxiety that I need to be doing something. Mm. Like, you know that feeling when you're done exams at the end of the semester, but you feel like yeah. something's missing? <laughs> it's like yes. school trauma, I can't even lie. Because yeah. it's like, I'm forgetting something. Mm-hmm. I should be doing something. But mm-hmm. unless you cultivate the habit mm. of turning off intentionally, that will plague you going forward. And it's different when you're managing four courses, but when you get to adulthood and you're managing a, a partner, or husband and a wife and children and in-laws and all these things mm-hmm. if you don't have that practice in place it's going to be very difficult mm-hmm. to it's take true. rest mm-hmm. um, and i i love the fact that you've been able to take sabbath because i feel like i still can't figure that out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um because you think okay there's something there's always something to be done and that's the truth there's always something to be done mm-hmm. but if you don't stop eventually either your body or your mind will force you to stop and I don't want to be in a place where my body's like, I'm not doing this anymore. Mm-hmm. So what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think practically, yeah, like typically I've encouraged students to just even like block out 30 minutes once a week where you don't do anything, like at all. Mm-hmm. Like the phone is off, your timer is on for 30 minutes. If you want to sleep, if you want to read, if you want to paint your nails or climb a mountain for 30 minutes, I don't know what you can do. <laughs> wow. I don't hike, so I, you can't ask me. Um, In 30 minutes. I mean, I don't know these things. I'm just saying, I don't know. Um, but, but I, you know, I would encourage you, like, over the next, that we're in March now, right? So, um, yeah, just put a timer on your phone, 30 minutes, once a week, mm-hmm. and just try and sit in nothing. And even that is uncomfortable, too, I find, mm-hmm. um, to just do nothing. Because um, we're so used to being like, ah. mm-hmm. but yeah, try it out and see how it feels. Mm-hmm. I have no, I, I can't speak to that because I haven't done it. Yeah. I, I'm not doing it consistently yet. Yeah, I think but all of us, maybe, unless you, you're a pro at that, struggle with, with that sense of mm-hmm. how do I stop from work? Not that work is bad, yeah. but how do I remind myself in times of pause that this is not my identity, that yeah. the world will still keep going if I don't and work it does. and I don't show up. Yeah. And um, so anyways, that yeah. those are really great thoughts. I have so many more thoughts and questions, but why don't we, yeah, just hear from people. Logan. Um, I think one thing that I'd like you guys to touch on just a little bit more is just like how to do your work diligently or mm. what is the importance of doing your work diligently within that like eight to 4.30, right? Yeah. Or like, like, obviously having the boundaries, but then within your boundaries, mm. how can you do your work unto the Lord? How can you do it with excellence? Mm. And what is the significance of that? Why should we do that? That's a yeah. deep question, my friend. Let it go it's ahead, Michael. Come on. You're the wise one. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what? I always, I always think that there's always eyes watching you, mm. right? And I mentioned earlier, we're held to a higher standard as Christians, right? Because we're working for the Lord. Um, and there's the verse, um, do your job diligently and nobody... Essentially, no one has anything to uh, mm-hmm. charge you with, right? Mm-hmm. So that, like, when people watch you, and you never know who's watching you. True. I've had people come up to me before and they go, uh, you're different. Why mm-hmm. are you, you do your job well. Mm-hmm. You're not like that guy over there, or that guy mm-hmm. over there, right? Mm-hmm. And you never know who's in your group mm-hmm. or on your team 
or in your company who's saying, yo, Logan does a good job. Mm. You know, John, he's so lazy, right? <laughs> And then when you start talking to them and building those relationships and then you say, and then suddenly things come up like, hey, I went to church on Sunday. Oh, you're a Christian. That mm. makes sense. You don't want to be that guy where you yeah. say, oh, I went to church on Sunday. Really? Like, <laughs> you're a Christian? <laughs> you don't want to be that guy. Right? So that's why you always got to make sure that you do your job best because you're not working for yourself. You're working mm -hmm. for God. You're working for the kingdom, right? You've got a bigger purpose in life. I think thinking about work that way, you know, because sometimes we view spirituality as separate from work. Mm. That's why your work is spiritual. It's spiritual work. It's, it's yeah, because it's done unto unto God and, and not yeah. So mm. that's, that's yeah. I, I think we get it confused sometimes, uh, and we're and and fear sets in our community very very quickly uh, because we don't want to be religious. Mm. We don't want to be that person that carries in the very thick Bible, uh, you know, and, and all day long they're, they're, uh, they're trying to quote from it. We don't want to be that. We want to be spiritual unto the Lord um, and take on work uh, like it is the garden that the Lord's placed you in and go for it. Go for it. And I, I pray every day that I get one opportunity to, um, to encourage somebody in life. And, um, and today I had an opportunity to, uh, to encourage a young gentleman who uh, uh, has been on the streets for five years. And he absolutely loves bicycles. He's 39 years old. And I said, I, man, I, uh, are you good at repairing? Oh, he said, I could, I'd love to do that. I said, I'm, I'm going to pray about that. I'm going I'm to see if I can get you into a Canadian Tire, one of those places, so that you can make bikes. And the lights came on, you know, it, it was just so exciting. And I said, thank you, Lord, for allowing me to, to have that opportunity. Mm. And um, that's what I find is so exciting. It's just so exciting. I have the greatest coach in the entire world. And the Lord is there right beside me, mm. just beside me, every mm. single moment. Yes, there are stressful moments. And yes, we're going to run into hard times, but... The Lord's there with you. Mm -hmm. He is absolutely there with you. And it, mm -hmm. that's the, the amazing part about it. We have mm -hmm. the Lord. Mm -hmm. We have the Lord mm -hmm. in our businesses, in our schools, and everywhere we walk. It mm -hmm. is quite amazing. That's good. Thank you. Yes. Um, <clears throat> where do you find encouragement when you are in a position where you hate your job? Mm -hmm. You no pleasure, where you're grasping at straws just to survive, mm. or when you know that the place you're in, though you don't like it, is where is 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 leading to you to a place where God wants you. Mm. How do you find encouragement in the moment to to stick it out without giving up? The Lord is my refuge and my fortress. <coughs> mm -hmm. I think I think it's important that you find people that can validate that experience. I think Christianese can be very, like, can gloss over how difficult it is to be in that valley sometimes. And to find people who understand what it means to sort of endure in that place is important. So let me take the opposite position of that. Mm -hmm. Who says you have to stick it out? <laughs> you got options today, my friend. You are you are a, a, a 
a member of the kingdom of God. And you have options as an employer. Mm. I want to hire you. Mm. Hire them then. I'm telling you, you're, guys, you're getting a job today. I, I'm just challenging you a little, a little bit here because I, I, I hear you where you come from. We're, I don't think there is one perfect job out there. I think we all talk about it, but there is no one perfect job out there. We have to endure people who are not, who are nasty sometimes. Yeah, we, we do that. But I'm also saying to, to students across the country, you don't like the way people treat you? You got options. You have options. And so start exploring those options through my friend, Michael. <laughs> And, and honestly, there are, there are companies out there that want you mm. and need you. And you're a great leader. Mm. Stood up in front of everybody else. Mm. It's great. I love it. So how do you mark? Sorry, how do you market yourself then? Like when you know that you have value, how do you show other people that you have value? Michael. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me get my PowerPoint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, it's knowing your value, mm. knowing what you bring to the table, knowing your experience, your skills, your accomplishments, knowing all those things and knowing where you want to go. Make that list. How much do you want to make? You know, what are the companies that you want to target? Where do you want to be in like one year? Mm. Where do you want to be in five years? It's making those short-term goals, but also those long-term goals. But I get what you're saying, man. Like, mm. I was that guy. I worked at a call center in technical support. That was the worst job I ever had. I was the guy after like 30 minutes, an hour of you guys waiting on the phone and you're all angry and you get me. The whole day of getting angry people. I once had this one woman. She's like, I waited over an hour and how come the curling, the Scotty's Tournament of Hearts is not on this channel? Well, <laughs> why don't you change it to the right channel? And she goes, oh, like, well, what, what channel is it on? Channel 5 or whatever it was on. How did you do that? How did you put that on that? You should not be changing channels on me. I'm like, okay, whatever, right? So I know what you're talking about. It, it is tough. But, but I mean, like, the, the answer to say, oh, just you can, you can change. Yeah. Like, how does that sound to... I have, I have a heart for, like, lonely men. So how does that sound to, like... A divorced man who just got divorced, he's paying these child support, alimony, whatever. He his only joy is being able to see his kid that one one day a week, mm. and he feels locked. Maybe in a in a certain field, has no mm. other skills. What do you say to that? Like where he doesn't feel like he can change. Mm. Well, it is also like taking that time to like you you got to do what you got to do, right? Mm. You got to make that money. You got to provide for yourself. You got to provide for your family. But in that time, what's God trying to teach you? Right? Mm -hmm. You're in there for a reason. You can take lots of skills from what you're doing so that it, maybe it won't be immediate. Mm -hmm. It might take several months. It might take a year. Mm -hmm. right? But what can you take from where you are right now to move to that next role mm -hmm. to get you where you want to be? Or maybe to the next role that gets you to the next role mm -hmm. of where you want to be and to, you want to get on track. Mm -hmm. And it is tough in the time, mm -hmm. but then that's why your relationship with God's so important. And also your network, as Komi mm -hmm. was saying, right? Mm -hmm. The people around you becomes very important because you are going to go through those highs and lows in life, mm -hmm. right? There's, there's no doubt people are going to be like that. Mm -hmm. But who do you have 
around you that's going to get you through those times. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, you've always got God, right? Mm-hmm. You've always got you know, your church family, hopefully. You've got people supporting you. And that's why it's so important to be involved in your church because each and every one of us have those different skills, those mm-hmm. different talents that God's given us, those different gifts, mm-hmm. so that we can support each other and we can support our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm-hmm. So don't look at it as like, this sucks and I'm stuck. Mm-hmm. But you think about, God, what can you teach me? And I'll tell you, like, in that job, I was there for just under a year. I was like, man, this sucks. I hate this job. Mm-hmm. Right? But I learned how to deal with people. Mm-hmm. Like, angry people are horrible people. <laughs> but I deal with lots of angry people now. Yeah. But I know how to work with them. I know how to, you know, de-escalate situations. I know how to get them from here to here. And I attribute that to working at that sucky call center that I was at before, right? True. No season is wasted. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Maybe we have time for one, two more questions? Or? We do have, oh, yeah. if you got one. I think we should probably wrap it up. We, yeah. we try and do it, uh, yeah. wrap up. We've got dessert for you as well. And yeah. two weeks from now, we also have Matthew, who's also a career coach. We have Bob, who's like better than a life coach. <laughs> yeah, perfect. We're going to help us in a conversation two weeks. We're going to continue it. You're welcome yeah, back. Right. These are great. I know it's percolating things, but no, maybe you should. Yeah, maybe. Okay, uh, I'll make it quick. Um, you guys don't have to go t- too much in detail, but like, if there's any scripture that's been like mm-hmm. helped you out throughout your career that you've always kind of gone back on that you can look at, or if you don't, that's okay too. But anything comes to mind, just one passage. What would you say? One passage in the Bible. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I mean, for for me, I I I, I actually do stick to. Uh, um, uh, the passage of uh, of the Lord, uh, the Lord declares that that He has a plan for me, a plan mm-hmm. to prosper and not to harm me, and a, and a plan to, to give me uh, and a hope and future. Mm-hmm. And I and I cling to that. I uh, I know that if the Lord has declared that for me, then I don't need to say anything more than that. Mm-hmm. If you declare that from the heavens, mm-hmm. I I know I'm in good shape. Mm-hmm. So I, I cling to that as far as, uh, um, um, you know, my, my day-to-day walk. Mm-hmm. I go with Joshua 1.9. Mm-hmm. Strong and courageous. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid or discouraged. Mm-hmm. For the Lord, your God, is with you where you go, mm-hmm. wherever you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Romans 8.28, he makes everything, everything work out for my good. And I think similar to that seasons thing where you can't really figure it out. Like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know where I'm going. But I know the person that's going ahead of me, and that is sufficient Mm -hmm. in the moment when you can't. And you can't see the rest. You can see God. Mm -hmm. And that's enough. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for these insights. Can we... continue this conversation about work and spirituality in two weeks so come on to that um why don't would you come would you like to pray for us to end the night and just bless bless us (laughs) Uh, father god we thank you for the ability to to meet here together to fellowship 
God, we thank you for those who came here looking for a word from you today. Father, I pray that you would um, answer and meet them where they're at. If people are unsure about where they should be going or what work should look like for them, Father, I pray that you would bring clarity. I pray that your light would be their guide. If folks are unsure of where to place their feet, that they would trust your your path. That, Father, that they would not be confused or dismayed, but, Father, that your joy um, would go before them and that you would make every crooked path straight. Mm-hmm. Father, I pray that even as we reflect on what work means and to work well and to work diligently, I pray that the understanding of what it means to do your work where we are right now, mm-hmm. God, that that would be impressed upon our hearts. Um, and that the practical ways to work that out, that God, your Holy Spirit, would do that work for us even as we leave here. Mm. I pray for those who may be seeking job opportunities. Um, Father, I pray that you would give open doors where they're available. Mm. For those who might be in school and unsure of the next path, that God Almighty you would whisper just their next steps. That it wouldn't be confusing, that it wouldn't be you know, scary, but God, that just that next step that you would provide for them. Father, those who are seeking vision, on who they should be and what Mm. they should do for you. Father, I pray that that sense of identity, Mm. that God, you would cement your identity in them Mm. and that 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 vision they're looking for would be be fruit of who you are. Mm -hmm. Um, Father, I thank you for the wealth of knowledge and of lived experience in this room. I pray that for those who may be seeking connection, that even as we chad and have dessert um, that the connections would be made oh god to guide people to where they need to be mm-hmm. um, i pray that as we go home you would keep us all in safety and that you would bring us back in two weeks oh god just to continue this really deep important relationship and for those who have poured out tonight father um, i pray that you would refill them in every single way um, in jesus name we pray Amen. 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 and that's a wrap Thanks for catching this episode of The Convergence. Hope to see you there for this Thursday's conversations at 7 p.m. at Brentview Baptist Church. See you there.